You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. Welcome. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. Uh, I have friends and family who have struggled with depression. And, oh, crap. <laughs> um, one every episode. Talk. One every episode, just everybody. Just, just whoever, whoever guessed this timestamp, congratulations. We'll send you, <laughs> we'll send you a shout out. Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the Blue Team, and we are back for a second episode around the Jim Butcher novel Term Coat. Turn coat. Sorry, I've got just a little bit of French <laughs> fry. How does that go again? Turn coat. Uh, <laughs> there, there are some days that it just life just doesn't pay, right? Uh, we've got Ken and Megan back again. I am your host, Todd. Uh, we are having, this is actually for us a continuation. We actually decided to continue this. So for us, it's right. been like five minutes. Well, okay, maybe 10 minutes because we went to McDonald's and got some fries. But other than, but but for the rest of you, you've been stewing and waiting for this. We just got to keep go, keep the, keep the celebration going. So hopefully. The suspense is terrible. Hopefully I hope all it'll of you last. Are, yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I do too. It should be in every movie. <laughs> every movie. Ken does not have another recap for us. I don't. Which is probably an okay thing. Well, yeah, I could have had the sequel. So the same things that happened in the last episode happened Re- in this episode. <laughs> episode two, return of the recap or something. I don't know. We are, we are, but we are certainly ready. We've, we've got, let, let's, let's do a little different. Let's start out with some questions this time around. Okay. We've, cause I know you and I were talking, we've got quite a few questions that people want us to address as we go through this. So and, let's talk. And most of them, uh, math nut and a bunch of people. Let's see. I, I don't want to. I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, let's see. Albin Raff on on uh, Reddit. Mathnut on Discord. Uh, a bunch of other people. So uh, how about that demon reach, huh? <laughs> but it's they said I a different way. You but it, demon reach. It, it pretty much. It, that's pretty much the sum up of all of the questions. So demon reach, huh? How about that? There is so much. How about that? There that. <laughs> okay, so listening to the listening to all of his preparations when he's going out to this island. Oh man! And then he says, "And I got naked." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Do I need to fast forward this a little bit? Because I mean, do you not remember? Though there has been at least one other time in these novels where Harry has been like preparing for something big. He's like had this, to do a cleansing and ritual. And he had to shower. And, yeah, and he went through all this stuff, and then the phone rang. Yes. Yep. Yes, I do remember. So yeah, he got naked and I like I sat there and I rolled my eyes and then I went, "Oh wait, no, there's a precedent." All right, keep going. <laughs> Can, continue getting naked. Uh, oh my goodness, that was that was You do of, you, Harry Dresden. <laughs> Ew, but not in that way. Cuz no one else apparently will. Oh, you know the other I went back there. The the Oh, oh you did go back there. Soon. That was just rude. The other thing that was funny about that, as uh, in in talking about that that demon reach epi- uh, or portion of the of the deal, is as he's going through and he's like, my my compass wasn't working and all these other kind. I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, you know, it's not that hard to figure out where north is, right? I mean, how, right? Does he make these things harder on himself than they need to be? Well, wizards and technology. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Who's, who's to say, really? But. Well, and he picks the North Star, but because he picks the North Star and that's like 15 degrees off from true north, does that cause a problem? 
I don't know. It, it I don't could. Know. I'm trying. I'm trying I, to scroll through all of the points that uh, that everybody made, but but basically there there is so much to unpack about this island. Uh, it's interesting that it shows up in small favor. Yes, go ahead, Megan. I was just going to say, I mean, he starts out at the beginning of the novel where he's talking about, and Thomas and I bought this boat and I've been going and getting to know the island. So yeah. this isn't like the last time he was there was when Michael was injured and this is his first time back. He doesn't have to unpack any of that. He, it, I mean, for us to unpack though. Yes. Because we see the island at the end of small favor and then now here it is. And this island is important. It, this Which island we knew is. It, it was going to be because he saw for some reason that it was going to be important. He says that. And he, now we get to see why. He says he feels like he's been there before. Right. So I think this is just me. I mean, and I know we're not at the point of making predictions yet, but I'm going to make a prediction that Ken's favorite trope of time travel is going to be introduced into the Dresden <laughs> universe by Harry going back in time and becoming his own grandfather. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how cool would that be if Harry went back in time and somehow was Demon Reach? Or he, like, Demon Reach is the future. That, it's not. It's just an extra power that he's got. You guys, are, uh, you guys are all just trying to bait me, and it's working. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, this is one of those moments where I do wish we had a little bit of video, because if people could see the, the veins <laughs> popping out on the side of your head. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I love it. I, I will... I will say that uh, I think we get um, get some come some foresight, which is the the skinny little brother of time travel. You know, okay, okay. But I don't I don't think we actually get actual time travel. However, you have been known to be right more than I have. So <laughs> so take that. Not for, in this know. series. I no, I, I mean in this series. I mean, you saw a bunch of things coming before I did. Maybe you have the foresight. Hmm. Are you the warden of Demon Reach? Hmm intellectus um <laughs> so i i think oh, um cool. here are a bunch of questions that that come up from demon reach why is demon reach important i mean it's got all these ley lines did somebody construct that is this just like the magical nexus of the world and harry just happens to be sitting on it what does it mean that he's now the warden of demon reach that he gave the area a name uh rashid thought this was very interesting the gatekeeper he had a bunch of interesting things to say about yeah what a big undertaking this is. And so far for somebody like me, I look at that and I go, well, you just claimed this land for, you know, Harry Dresden, but I, I'm interested to see what the bigger picture is here. But there, there is a lot, obviously this, this place becomes quite a big deal. And does he, here's a, a question slash prediction for you. Does Harry move out of his little apartment and move on to demon reach? I was just going to say, I, I don't I mean, see that happening. But that's an interesting thought because he, he hasn't necessarily like claimed the island. He's he's more formed an alliance. Right. Yeah, exactly. Demon. And I don't of think the island. I don't think the island I, would I, I let him. I don't think him. he necessarily would be safe out there and neither would anybody who needed to visit him. Keep in mind the 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 thing that makes this island so powerful. Yes, the intersection of ley lines is is powerful. But also the running water disrupts other kinds of magical energies. Right. Right. So when he gets out there, his magical, his connection to the magical forces that can be used trumps anybody else. So the simple fact that having performed that sanctum ceremony on this island and being able to punch Demon Reach in the nose and now they're friends, 
which by the way, that that that, <laughs> that was awesome. The way of talking about it that way. Yeah, basically punching him in the nose and now we're friends. Um <laughs> which by the way is is often a, t- a way little kids become friends. Oh yeah. Especially oh, yeah. little boys. They and, fight and they wrestle and then they walk away and go, "All right. They're and, cool now." And prisoners. Yeah, I guess that's um, it. Yeah, there is that. So teenage girls. It, it get oh. <laughs> It happened to me once. And then we were friends. I was very confused. Anyway, continue. <laughs> as, as we look at those kinds of things, I think what we're seeing is is we're seeing another very large piece being put into play in Dresden's world that will become more significant over time. Yes, Absol- absolutely. I love the explanation of the omniscience, too, of just... Yeah. knowing yeah. just knowing the island it's like now now he's got this really cool ability when he's on the island and when he's acting in the island's interests basically that he just he knows what's going on on the island he's aware of everything it's such a cool ability that like you said i mean since he's bound to the island he's got an advantage over everybody else who might come there but also it 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 connects him and again you know like we talked in the last episode a price will need to be paid there is a price to be paid for this and listens to wind kind of indicated that when he was talking to him and he says, uh, and so did Rashid. Yep. So did Rashid say, you have no idea what you've done by binding yourself to this place. And that, that's one of those, that's one of those ominous phrases when somebody, when somebody of tremendous power says, you have no idea what you've done. Yeah. Harry doesn't care. Have you noticed that Harry doesn't really care. He is continually doing things that people say, you don't understand what you've just done. And Harry says, as long as it takes care of the immediate situation, I'll deal with that later. So that makes me wonder one question. How mature is Harry really? <laughs> I mean, true. that's the kind of thing that an 18 year old says when he's looking at a really nice car. Oh, yeah, I bought this car. I'll figure it out later. I'll figure out how I'm going to pay for it later. You know, you've never kept a job in your life. I'll figure it out later. It'll, it'll, it'll work out. <laughs> I mean, so, and, and, and at, there's a couple of places also where this pops up in Jim's writing when they talk about how Harry is very, uh, I think it's Binder that makes the mention to Madeline about Harry being so young in the wizard, in the wizard community. Yeah. Um, where he says, well, you know, look at him. He's, he if if he wanted a safe house he doesn't go to another town or another another place he doesn't even go to a condo he goes to a uh, a storage facility that he's got some sleeping bags and camping equipment in he doesn't have centuries of compounded interest to help take care of some of those things he's young right listens to wind is old rashid <laughs> is old uh, blackstaff mccoy is old Ancient Mai is old. <laughs> There's a reason they don't call her young Mai. Yeah. All of these people that are old, that are patient, that are willing to take time. And Harry just blunders in and says, I'll deal with it later. What a fascinating, fascinating juxtaposition of attitudes and dispositions to put into the White Council. I'm not sure it's all bad, though, either, because a lot of a lot of inaction has been taken from saying cause and effect. And, you know, sometimes sometimes you need to say cause irrespective of effect. 
you know, mm-hmm. which I guess is in this case is, is the case. Who's to say, I mean, we'll see, you know, what, what comes of it in the next few books, but it's definitely interesting to see this new ability or asset, what resource that, that Harry's got at his disposal. Has that always been a thing where the young have thought themselves invincible? Like Harry knows he's not necessarily invincible, but it's always worked out before. Like it's worked out just fine, (laughs) more or less. And this time it works out quite well. And in comparison to people like ancient Mai and the Merlin, he is like a little teenage boy just kind of running around kind of terrifyingly using his powers willy nilly generally for good, but it looks kind of horrible. There's, there's one point on the Island where Harry realizes how everybody sees him and realizes exactly why they're so afraid of him. And he just laughs. He's like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. They don't know my actual motivations. (laughs) Right. Yeah, they don't. That's, that's the problem was they don't. Was that the first time that he said, Wiley Coyote, super genius. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so good. It took so long for that joke to pay off. I was <laughs> like, I don't understand why you keep saying this. I laugh and la- every time every time he said it, I, I saw the I saw the Wiley Coyote in that what in that in that moment one more time where he's laying it all out and everybody who watched that cartoon, the Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, knew knew that the Wiley Coyote, no matter how smart he was, was still going to be beaten by this stupid he, little bird. Yep. He never wins. <laughs> and, and he kind of won. He kind of won. He kind of won. Kind of won. Although there's there's some dispute. Did he win? Did he lose? Anyway. Yeah, well, you, you always, you, you win some, you lose some, even in the same moment, right? That's right. So I, I'll be interested to see um, when when the price is paid, when the bill comes due for Harry's actions. Um. He, because you would think it's it's got to, I mean, there we have yeah. so many, we have so many things on the horizon in the next six books. So let me ask it. Let's let's stay with Demon Reach just a moment, though. Okay. We we hear that the Skinwalker speaks a language that Harry doesn't understand. We know right. that there are runes and markings that exploded all over the place on that little on that little cottage. That Harry couldn't read, couldn't interpret. Do we, where do you think this, how far back does the magic for this island go? Is this Native American magic? Is this fairy magic? Or is this something even older than both of those? What do you think? Beginning of the world magic? I, that's what I wonder. I wonder if, um, I, I feel like. Harry's playing in some celestial circles these days more and more. I mean, he's got archangels talking to him. He's got uh, semi- soul fire. Yeah, he's got soul fire. He's got semi-celestial, oh, yeah. uh, semi-deific semi uh, shapeshifters coming after him now. He's got outsiders out there, you know, that are, I mean, for lack of a better term, are, are basically, you know, aspects of reality, something now, do, have we all forgotten that um, that there are some? I, and and I'm not throwing this out just because just because I'm I can, but I'm throwing it out because it seems like it's been a little while since we've seen uh, what was it the the Walker um, that uh, that chased Harry when he was uh, when when Lashiel was oh, still part yes. of him. I, I remember I remember who you're talking about, and it's been a while since we've seen him. 
it. I've forgotten about that, yes. But again, this is a primal beginning of the universe kind of force. Primal is a good word for it, yeah. That is following Harry. And now Harry has made a connection to another primal source of magic. Yeah. I I have a feeling uh, um, that this is where, when, when we talk about changes, this is where we're heading. Is uh, Harry is, from book one, to, we talked about it in the last episode, from book one till now, Harry has really grown in the scope of his power. Yeah. And I think we're at the we're at the foot of another monster leap in his power i think he is going to yeah he's going to jump in power and and the senior council already sees it he is very powerful yeah yeah i i think we're in a in a spot where he's going to really get some major league power yeah and he's going to start playing in these primal circles and i'm concerned about it see they've been foreshadowing in the last couple of books um like Harry's damage and what it's done and how at some point it's going to catch up to him. The, the section that I highlighted in this book is I shivered again and not because of any memory. It's because I knew what it could mean when you forced yourself to live with hideous things like that. It changed you. Maybe not all at once. Maybe it didn't turn you into a monster, but I'd been scarred and I knew it. Yeah. Even Harry knows that there's a little bit of danger in everything that's been happening to him. And he's been talking about it for a while. And every time it comes up, I'm just like, what what happened to you? What does that mean? What's what's gonna happen in the future? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, I and I I'm and I contrast worried. that with with Bob's uh, evaluation a couple of books ago about uh, about losing your soul, about giving part of your soul to do something, and he says, "Oh, don't worry about it. It, it your soul grows, it grows back. back." Yeah. <laughs> People always and make I'm, a big fuss, Bob, I, I, Bob. and I'm like, "How would you know?" You. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because he's he's a spirit of information. Well, yeah, you know, spirit so. of uh, another primal force, perhaps. I I I don't want to get too far into predictions yet, or or what's to come. But I I do want to talk a little bit since we're still sitting on the island. I want to talk about Rashid a little bit. Let's talk about it. Only because I was I I'm glad I'm I'm both glad and disappointed that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when when he shows up and I'm all excited that I was right. Yeah, I was about, no, ready, to send you, I was about and, ready to send you a text and say, congratulations, Ken. And yeah, then I kept and I, listening and went, oh, nope. And then I was disappointed that I was wrong. But I was glad. I was so glad that I was wrong because the gatekeeper is really a neat character. And somebody brought mm-hmm. up on a different uh, discussion that I was reading uh, about um, how they could picture the gatekeeper as Harry before Harry. Meaning, meaning when he was coming up, this is Harry is the way that, that, that Rashid was when he was coming up. And I thought that's interesting to look at, which uh, led to another question on Reddit is uh, if you could have an origin story from any character in the series, who would you choose and why? So I, Megan, I, you're up. And I thought Rashid oh, okay. might be mine. So anyway, you mentioned it earlier. I, um, yeah, you said you had, one. I really, I did. I would really like to know more about ancient Mai. Ooh, I just think she's cool. One. We've talked, we've like, you know, uh, speculated previously about a Jade council. And I just really want that to be a thing. Um, and so I'd, I'd like to know more about ancient Mai. I'd like to know where she comes from, how old she actually is, how she got involved with the white council. Cause it doesn't sound like the white council is like universal to the whole country or the whole, uh, 
well that was world. that was the jade court of vampires that shiro right. shiro referred to which i That's thought sounded right. awesome and wanted more of and somebody spoiled it for me and said they don't get any more it's like oh, there's no more of that no more i pick but, ancient my that's who i pick I kind of am at the point where I would love to see backstory on all of the senior council. So right? I'm listens I'm, to wind would be fantastic. Listens to wind would be cool. Blackstaff McCoy says that oh, he's yeah. known the Merlin since the Merlin was 16. Did you guys catch that? I missed that, but nope. I remember he's known him for a long time. He said, I've known him since he was 16 years old or since, since either since, Blackstaff, either since Ebenezer McCoy was 16 or since the Merlin was 16, but the two of them have known each, known each other for a couple of centuries. Yeah. I would like to know that story. I'd love to hear how Blackstaff McCoy became the Blackstaff. I wonder what kind of a, I wonder what kind of a cost was involved in oh, that. Yeah. One of the things that's one of the things that has been interesting is they've been weaving it, and of course we're not, we're getting you know we get little bits and pieces from Jim, and maybe he's never going to explore some of these. Maybe they don't matter as much to the story as they do to me personally. But as we listen to the story of Harry and and watch what Harry is doing, all of the kinds of things, it feels very much like part of the reason they gave him to Blackstaff McCoy to take care of and to see if he could be redeemed is because they're grooming a black staff to take over for McCoy when he is done. Entirely possible. I don't, I, I feel like Harry doesn't have the, the moral uh, ambiguity to be a black staff though. Yet. Yet. Mm. Changes. And like changes, man. Who like knows? he says, you can't do these kinds of things and have, and remain unscathed. Yeah. And oh, Harry, Harry, as a member of the Wardens, has been battling vampires. He has been battling demons. He has become very destructive mm -hmm. in his ability to channel and use energies. And that's... Blackstaff McCoy isn't a horrible person. No. But he does understand when you need to do something bad, you send in the person that can do it. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. So uh, let, let's, let's, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, I was wondering, I, there are, uh, this is one of the reasons I want to get through this series is because there's a whole bunch of micro fictions on, well, I mean, we have the side jobs and the, the briefcases, the, the short stories on the side, but there are a whole bunch of micro fictions on, on Jim's website also. Oh, really? Yeah. That explains some things. There's uh, a Morgan centric uh there's a, a morgan centric micro friction on there that'd be that, sentimental that has spoilers for changes and ghost story though so so you can't mm. read that yet okay. I, i'm very excited to read it but apparently uh, the the spoilers for changes apparently are a big deal but the spoilers for ghost story apparently are not however it's been cautioned several times on on the threads from listeners don't don't read it until don't after read you read it yet. Too. yeah pretty, pretty so we much have, we have changes and changes then four and more books after that changes and then including ghost story. the ones that are coming out including the ones that are coming out this year because there are two coming out this year right we have we have six more Sorry from this point. digression okay so changes is next then let me see if i can do this off the top of my head changes then ghost story then cold days skin game peace talks and battleground Ooh. and those two are coming out later this year yes yes 
Okay. Thank you, everybody, for letting me yeah. just ask that dumb question that I could have looked up on the internet, but it's so much more fun to have Ken do it for me. Yeah. I'll, I'll Thanks, answer Ken. any question. We'll start calling Ken the internet. I'm the archive. So Ken's the Bob. So let me ask it. The Bob is more likely. Let me let me switch. Let me see if I can switch gears a second away from Demon Reach. Well, maybe we'll come back. Okay. Um, what do you what do you make of uh, Harry's migraines? At the very beginning of the book. Yes. I, at the very beginning of the book, Harry says, I haven't slept in a couple of days because I'd been suffering from headaches. Butters comes over and says when he's after he stitches up Morgan. He says, how are your headaches? He says, they're, you know, they're still there, you know, blah, 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 blah. He says, well, let me get you in the MRI machine. He says, that's not going to be a good idea. Harry's been suffering from headaches. They've, they've come up in, um, which, which short story was it between small favor and turncoat? He had suffered from headaches also, and butter should come over and taking care of those headaches then as well. Uh, somebody clearly is messing with his mind. Uh, I think it was last call. No. Um, I don't remember which one it was. Um, but he, he shows up in, in one of the, in one of the short stories as well to take care of his headaches. And I, I think obviously, well, the, the, the easy answer would say, would be to say that the Peabody is messing with him, but I don't think he, he did it all through ink and, and suggestion. And he hadn't been at Harry's place or anything like that. So I wonder if somebody is figuring out some way to mess with his mind from afar. It could be. I mean, we don't really know the effect. We think that Lashiel was removed from his brain. Yeah. Um, when they took when they took the coin back, but we don't necessarily know what any after effect might be. Okay. So can I be a horrible human being for a moment? Uh-huh. No. Always. <laughs> what if... What if Lucio is more of a cat's paw than we think? And that Lucio is somehow involved in influencing Harry to do things that disrupt the council. Directly influencing Harry? Huh. Unknowingly influencing Harry. I'm willing to go that way. Or knowingly. Think about this. Lucio gets hurt, is left behind, is not part of the battle on Demon Reach, but somebody else came through with the heir apparent, right? right? And we were we were we were kind of led to believe when they were talking about Demon Reach, there were two people that came through, not one. It wasn't Peabody alone. It was Peabody and someone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're kind of led to believe that it was this heir that they've brought into the council that used to be one of Fortier's supporters. And okay. that perhaps the black council had put that person into Fortier's court to try and influence Fortier. But now that they've, dis you know, now that uh, Fortier has been killed, now they have the opportunity to bring that person directly into the council. So we've been led to believe well, that I, that's the case, right? Yeah. Which I th I think I think is entirely possible with this new person that they put on the council, right? Mm -hmm. Christos, he was he's very um he's on the black council, right? Is that what That's what we think. That was that's what we're led to believe. That's what we're being led to believe. So 
Is it possible? And I'm sure somebody out there, they're, they're listening to it's this. It's totally and possible. They're yeah. listening to it and they're going, ha, ha, I know you're, you're up in the night. Yeah, you guys, you guys think, but so, so, so yeah. so cute reading it for the first time. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I, that's what I do to my friends when they go through and read these. So what yeah. about, yeah, keep reading. So, so basically you're asking if it's possible that Lucio is more complicit than we're being led to believe. Yes. That's what I'm asking. A possible yes. Totally possible. I, because here's, I want to say no, but totally plausible. Here's the thing. We know that when Lucio changed bodies because corpse takers move, that much of her magic was no longer available to her. Yeah. Her brain is now more easily manipulated because when you get older, your your thoughts get more settled. You get more, you know, anybody who's- You get more rigid and less subject to Anybody who's lived with anybody that's over the age of 50 knows how that goes. Uh, and then, <laughs> hey, careful. Um, uh, <laughs> talking about my parents. I was talking about me. I'm over 50 now. Um, so, uh, but as we're, as we're looking at those kinds of things, uh, we may, it's, it's made very clear that she's much more malleable and that much of her magic is gone. So yeah. how, what's the possibility that maybe she's a little bit more complicit? Maybe she's been easier to manipulate. Maybe she's been manipulated in a way to believe differently than, than, Harry gets a vision of. I don't know. Poor it's, Lucio. She loses her. She she becomes vulnerable at the worst possible time. Yeah. yeah for her really and does. for the council. It's just... Uh, it sucks. That will be interesting to figure out. While we're on the subject of Lucio, can we talk about Harry's mom? Since we're talking okay. about Lucio Let's and the Black Maggie. Council. Sorry. While we're Let's talking talk about Harry's about girlfriend. Margaret. Let's talk about Harry's mom. Yeah. While we're talking about okay. these other things. No, but because she... She knows, or she knew, Margaret Le Fay. She uh-huh. knew Maggie. And uh, gives us a, quite an interesting look at her. I mean, because obviously the only look we've gotten at her so far are through Harry's rose-colored lenses of his mom and a vampire lord we can't trust. Mm-hmm. And so now here we get a look at at why, or just how... Um, much of a rebel she was, I guess. I mean, because we, we get the idea early, you know, when we learn about Thomas and everything that that clearly she was into some dark stuff. And now we find out maybe she would have been um, sympathetic to the Black Council. And that she disappeared off the radar for quite a while. Yeah. And we understand now that part of that time was being spent, obviously, with the White Court. Right. Uh, yeah. having Having another baby. Um, we're, we're getting a glimpse into, well, Harry's the younger brother. Yes. So, um, that's right. Uh, having a baby, yeah. having another, a, a baby, however you want to say it. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, she's, I mean, she was into, she was not an angel by any means. No, but yeah, she, well, in fact, all the wardens knew her because she was an agitator. Like right. they were very concerned about her. So they all had an eye on her. But keep in mind what she was talking about when they when they talk about when they talk about Margaret, they also say that she was on that that she was she was uh, saying it was it was during the conversation when Harry was talking about justice mm-hmm. and they were saying it's not about justice. It's about control. It's about keeping things from going too far one direction or the other. And because her comment was, you know, Margaret was saying that we could do anything we wanted to as long as we didn't get caught violating any any mortal rules. 
that the White Council doesn't care that we manipulate people and take money and do all these kinds of bad things. They're not going to be worried about justice. Um, this is a this is a really interesting, pragmatic kind of a philosophy that probably lots of members of the White Council have adopted that yeah. they don't necessarily do, they don't necessarily go out of their way to overtly influence and all those kinds of things. But they sure as heck are not a, a afraid to use their magic to make things work out better for them in the mortal world. Well, yeah, and we get we get two two good ideas of clarification from this one. We, we get a pretty clear idea why Harry would be on the warden's radar because apples and trees and, <laughs> and well, and, and two, we, we get a real sense of why Harry is such a contrarian because yeah. Margaret was, I mean, it's like the laws are all fine and good, but why aren't, why aren't they based on right and wrong? And, I mean, then there's a whole argument about who's right, who's wrong. You know, that's right. Which is a great argument, and I hate having it with people because you can never come away with a, with you know, a winner or a loser or anything. You just come away with hurt feelings sometimes. When, so when you when you talk about individual actions, it's it's much easier to talk about um, intent and morality. Yeah. When you start talking about organizational and especially political motivations. It gets much harder to talk about intent and morality. And the, the comment is made, the, the, the portrayal is made beautiful by Lucio, who says, uh, you know, the, what, what happens if the consul goes to war against America? And he said, well, you know, in World War II, we were the good guys. And she said, yes, but not so much with the Native Americans, were you? Yep. See, and and then like, we, get back to, we get back yep. to listens to wind right there. There, so. there we are. We have some. And, and we all have to recognize that, you know, at some point in time when we're having these kinds of conversations, yes, it's interesting to have conversations about intent and morality, but when you get into the world of politics, a lot of that flies out the window. Yeah. Or religion. Uh, yeah. You know, it's all, it's also interesting looking at Morgan Le Fay that they called her or Margaret Le Fay. They called her Le Fay because she was in and out of the never, never like and, all the time. Yeah. What did they say? And we've that heard she, about that before. I mean, we've known that Harry's mom had dealings with, the fairies and with right. the never never as a land um which probably also has a reason why he has a fairy godmother and he owes three yeah uh three favors to the queen of winter yeah yeah so. his his involvement with his involvement with the fae uh maybe also has a reason why he's so easily is able to summon toot toot yeah maybe and can we oh, talk <laughs> can we talk about toot toot yes about major general toot toot yeah! <laughs> can i just tell you i never expected a pirates of penzance quote in a, a harry dresden book and it made me happy happier than i can ever say that i'm just like what how, how harry is i mean i understand all the the literary references and stuff because tvs don't work so all he can do is sit around and read but i'm like did you did you go to a play and he's just like i couldn't resist Yes, yes, I said solemn, solemnly, a major general, and I died. <laughs> I died and was the happiest woman in all of the Dresden fandom. And then resurrected yourself long enough to be able to come back to read the rest of the book. And find out that I was right about the bad guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look at you. She's yeah. never going to let us live that down. So that's okay. One I'll, time I was right. You earned it. You earned it. Time. I will let you keep it. You know, the, the, the you. thing that I am, the thing that for me is interesting about Toot Toot, and we keep hearing this, is that he is growing. Right. 
and he's growing yeah. he's growing in his awareness and his understanding. You remember when when he says tell them if they'll volunteer I will bring what did he say five pizzas something or you know something Yeah, like five pizzas for every 60 people something like or that. Something. And and Toot goes that's not as much as you pay the guard. <laughs> And he says, of course not. The guard is with me all the time. These are just merely volunteers for a special mission. He says, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Toot is really becoming uh, one of Harry's most valuable confidants. Yeah. One of his most valuable lieutenants. And we get, really good even though he's a major general. That's right. Yeah. And we, we finally get, we get uh, proof of that because for the last several books we've kind of been saying you know it, it's kind of been indicated that he's gotten bigger and all that and now we get proof you know from a different wizard that this is happening and it seems like it's happening mainly because we've talked about this before because harry's regard for the small folk yeah and how he respects them and treats them as something of value not not something that he can get from them but something that because you are are sentient because you are a person or whatever you are you have value yeah all your own you don't mm-hmm. you know and and i think that that's rubbing off onto you and i wonder if that means that he's going to become someday he'll be a real boy i don't know you know something, something <laughs> to that effect uh, or or perhaps that he's going to take a role in the world of fairy that's a little bit different than he currently has yeah maybe he becomes you know a speaker for the small folk or something and then they get a seat at the table so and they seize the day and stuff. I have I uh, stop he's, it he's Jack Kelly stop it so I have three I have three last questions that I want to ask um, and I want to I'm I'm hopeful that you guys like the questions but before I ask those I want to ask do we have any other Reddit questions that we really need to address I, I feel like we've gotten to most of them um, I'll look while you're all right let me ask my first one. while you're asking your first question do you think that Harry has made his his position and relationship with the white council better or worse? Uh, He's going along with their ruse. He's going along with their plan. He allowed them to keep all of the secrets. So that should make it better, right? He stopped the bad guy. He was able to make a case for the fact that that the the wardens, the way that the wardens work, uh, can be moved forward. That we've got some stability. That should make it better, right? Yes. Yeah. Except. It just, it's, oh, were you going to go the same direction? I wasn't. I saying, think I was. He's setting up a rival council, the Great Council. They don't know that yet. They, though. they don't know that. I was going to say, except he. Yes, he. Um, he did these things for the benefit of the White Council, but he didn't do them in the White Council way. And it's, you know, it's been my experience that if you, if you do things right, but you do them wrongly, you know, then, then that ruffles the feathers of the establishment type. So, so the Merlin might say, yes, you saved the council. However, I don't like you. (laughs) I don't like the way you did it. Therefore, you're still on my poop list. Yeah. The Merlin kind of, he, he's in a weird spot where he kind of owes Harry one for proving that Morgan was in fact not the bad guy in this situation. And at the same time, everybody else is like, um, that would have been a really easy solution for everyone. So now you're on our crap list. Cause yeah. you just, you didn't make anybody happy. Yeah, you, you solved the, you solved the problems, but you muddied the waters while doing it. 
Yeah. And so we don't like that. Plus, I mean, they've got this whole thing between the white court and the white council now. Hey, and and let's and let's be fair. The real killer, Lucio, is back in a position of power and leadership. And who's to say she's and nobody fully, knows. Yeah. Huh? Well, the only people that know are Rashid and a couple of other members of the senior council, right? Right. I'm not even sure. Did did we get a clear indication that Lucio knew that she was the killer? I don't know that don't she knew she, she was the killer. I think she knows she was manipulated. I think she knows she was manipulated. I don't think she knows that she's the killer. I think yeah. the only person who really knew that she was the killer was Morgan. I think he's the only one who saw her. Am I wrong? I, th- I, 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 I don't right. think you are. I think you're right. And then Harry tells Rashid. Well, and Lafortier. But <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Harry tells well, Rashid. So now Rashid knows. So did Rashid tell anybody? Oh, that's true. When you trust someone, you trust all the people that person trusts them. And it just becomes a whole it's, mess of trust. Boy, it's going to be interesting to see how who comes down on the side. I, I feel like in the in the effort to avoid to avert a civil war that Blackstaff and Harry are unwittingly creating a civil war. Yeah. Like who's on the side of the white council and who's on the side of the gray council. So I'm going to come to that one in a second. There's one more question I got to ask first. What do you make of Thomas and Harry's last interaction in the book? When they're at the zoo and Thomas says, look at those two girls over there. What do you think of when you see them? Well, one of them spent too much on those pants, on those shoes. They look like they're teenage kids. Da, 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 da. What about the what about that woman over there? Well, she's got a big ring. She's probably got a husband that works a lot, but she's not as pretty as she used to be. She's trying to decide if she's a trophy wife or if she's on about to become an ex-wife. The kids have nice clothes, so they've obviously got money. What about that old couple? Oh, uh, they're fighting, but they're fighting the way that old couples fight because they love each other and they're going to laugh about it later. He says, let me tell you what I see. Food. 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 Yeah. What do you make of that? I am very concerned. I like, I don't want to believe that all of the changes in changes are bad changes, but I just know that at least one major character that we care about is going to die. And I'm really afraid that Harry is going to have to kill Thomas or make that call. Um, Oh, geez. Because Thomas has backslid so massively. Yeah. And seeing that what he was doing before, like really, wasn't going to work long term or at least isn't anymore isn't worth making it work like it took him such a long time to wean himself off of what he uh, out you know wean the demon out of him and now that it's back it's just gonna hold on for forever yeah i I, i'm afraid that's and and you see that there might be some a glimmer of some glimmer of hope there when he says what about justine you know and and he he kind of knocks yeah and he kind of knocks him back into some sensibility, but I'm very afraid that the damage is done and he's too far gone and he's not going to come back to the Tomas that we all think is so funny and, and witty and, you know, yeah, Uh-oh. he's like, like Blackstaff said, and I think it was a sign of things to come. They're demons. That's yeah. what they are. They're not. Eventually they turn on you. Yeah. They're not humans that were once, you know. Nope. 
no matter how much they might look at, no matter how fun they might be, you know, he, and I think, Oh, Megan's going to cry now. It's a, it, it, it was a, it was a powerful moment, but it was a, um, for me, the, it, it, it was a, and, and this is one of those places where I think, I, and I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just the way that I, that I look at those kinds of, that I look at these kinds of situations because of some of the friendships that I've had and what I've watched people go through. But there is a point where um, individuals who are going through really dark times cease being who they once were. Um, I've had some friends who have struggled with addiction. Uh, I have friends and family who have struggled with depression and oh crap um <laughs> one every episode talk. one every episode just everybody just just whoever whoever guessed this time stamp congratulations we'll send you <laughs> we'll send you a shout out um i have watched when people have been hurt so deeply that the only way to survive is to wall off any place that might be hurt again and it is a horrible, horrible thing when one of those is a loved one. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to let them go. And I am, as I, as I read that portion of the book, I remembered sometimes when I have been forced to do that. Somebody asked earlier, did you cry at that moment in the book? Did you? Yeah. No, <laughs> but I cried there. Yeah. Cause that was it. The wounds for that are still very, very fresh. And I don't know if, as I read that, I found myself saying, and I don't know how it's going to turn out because right now it sure doesn't look good. No, no, it does. So not. it was hard. All oh, right. Okay. So Megan, <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you got any last yeah, any yeah. last thoughts uh, well i i do know one of the one of the questions on discord and i don't know who asked it but there are a couple of people who chimed in asked about harry's uh sexism and the way he looks at every woman in every way the way he describes every woman in his head as oh, being yeah. you know sexually desirable and uh you know they asked do you think it's getting better do you think it's more annoying at this point and i personally am not as annoyed by it as I used to be. I think partly it really helped that in small favor, Harry kind of had similar, like not really like he was desiring them, but he definitely pointed out um, Sonia and Michael's pecs and had some <laughs> things to say about that. <laughs> so um, I'm not saying he's an equal opportunity. Lech. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> um, but like, Harry, I don't know. Like, at this point, and knowing that he is kind of a teenager in wizard dumb, where in 50 to 150 years, he probably won't have to, like, I don't know. I kind of would give him a pass a little bit, just enjoying himself while he can, because it sounds like it's not going to be that much longer, especially since everybody yeah. he tries to have a relationship ends up disappointing him somehow. Yeah. Um, and hurting him. And so that's... I mean, do I wish that there was a little bit less of it? Yes. 
but I don't know. At this point, I just feel like it's who Harry is, and if I'm going to love him for the good stuff, I'm going to love him for the annoying stuff, too. Yeah, okay. I can buy that. I I feel much the same way about the whole Injun Joe stuff. There was a yeah. thing, there was a, uh, saw several people have taken exception with them calling him Injun Joe and it being insensitive, which it is, but it it doesn't seem like it's a uh, racism thing. It seems like it's a, almost a term of endearment, even an indelicate term of endearment, but Harry's not the only one that calls him that. In fact, in fact, he uh, it, it, he doesn't refer to himself that way, but he it's referred to he's called engine Joe to him, you know? So I think it's just kind of a thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's treated as it's treated as a title as an honorific. Yeah. Um, might, yeah. It might be also a term of endearment somehow. Yeah. It's possible. Like it's people possible. call me sweetie and I don't like it, but really, you know. I'll remember that. Okay. I'll remember I don't know. That. No, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's when random people I don't know. Well, you know, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, honey, yeah. And it's just like you. I don't know you, old man, and get out. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a 1950s diner waitress, you cannot call me sweetie. There you go. True that. There you go. All right. So is it, is be- it time before we read? Before we read that one last piece, uh, or that but that that piece for the end, I I have. Oh yeah. I have a question. I have one more question. Okay. At the beginning of all of these books, the title seems to give us an indication. As to what we're reading about. Yes. Right? Yes. Is Harry the turncoat that we've been reading about because of his choice to side with McCoy? Hmm. Up until this time, Harry's been trying to defend the White Council privately. That is a Uh. good point. It should, is a good point, and that's it. Concerns me that they're going off and creating the Grey Council. I, I will, I would though say that the turncoat in this situation is Peabody. That's okay, boy. I, that's what I want to believe. Okay, is we, it right? I don't know. We've been led to believe through eleven books that the title can have many interpretations. So that's true too. That's true too. And so perhaps, perhaps. So, so. we're at the point now where what we what we said we would do. Is we would read what the first couple of paragraphs, couple of lines, first what? line, first couple of lines. I'm, I've got it pulled up. I'm, I've got my hand over it, so I can't see it yet. Okay. I want to go in extremely fresh. So I'm, I'm pulling it up as well. It's got, it's, it's right here. Are we going to have to read this? We're going to have to read this for Megan. We right? have to read it out loud. Meg doesn't have it. Okay. So, uh, do you want me to do it? Yeah. All always. Right. Okay. I'll read Ready? the, I'll read the first always. twelve or so. I answered the phone, phone, and Susan Rodriguez said. They've taken our daughter. <gasps> what? I was Get right. right. I sat there for a long right? five count, swallowed, and said, um, what? You heard me, Harry, Susan said gently. Oh, I said, um. Now, see, for me, I'm saying that because that's actually how it's written. And so for everybody who says, Todd, when he says, um, all the time, I just want you to know I'm channeling my inner Harry. I'm glad you read this instead of me because I wouldn't have been able to get through it. Back to the rest of this. The line isn't secure, she said. I'll be in town tonight. We can talk then. Yeah, I said, okay. Harry, she said, I'm not, I never wanted to. She cut off the words with an impatient sigh. I heard a voice over the loudspeaker in the background saying something in Spanish. We have time for that later. The plane is boarding. I've got to go. About 12 hours. Okay, I said, I'll be there. All right. Nice. Oh, shit. who called I did not it? Expect that. 
Who called it uh, books ago? Yep. Except that you said it was going to be a son. I didn't say. Well, I, maybe I said a, a son. I, I gave the option for a daughter. You did not Fatal give an potato. option for a daughter. You said a son. I said a child. You said a son. Todd, say what you want. Ken was right. Oh. This time Ken was right. <laughs> wow. So everybody's right but Todd. Okay. Everybody's right but Todd. Whatever. You called the Lucio <laughs> Harry thing long before I, we did. I did call Todd, the Lucio there, Harry there thing. There are probably like 500 more pages in that in that book. There are plenty of chances for you to be right. About <laughs> oh, and there and there are so many more options to be, opportunities to be wrong. So oh, this is I'm, true. This is I'm true. Have, this might be the last time you guys hear from me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ken's just going to bask so in this. Good about we know that. that's not true. All right. Well, oh man. Certainly everybody is uh everybody is sitting there. Everybody that has red changes that is just that has been sitting there saying just wait, just wait, just wait. Y'all are happy now. We waited. Here we are. Here we yep. are. Okay. Okay. We we are at it and I cannot wait. Well, we're going to we're going to be diving into this one soon, but in the meantime, we still have uh what's what's the other one that we're reading? It's one of the one of the ones from the Expanse. Seabull so, Burn. Seba Laburn. Shabbata bun? Shabbata bun. That's something like that. Um, now I'm hungry. <laughs> so we're going to be, uh, as, you've been, as you've been listening in, we've got some more stuff to go. We're going to be coming back to Dresden World in the near future. Uh, it's not going to be very far away. You're not going to have to wait long, but uh, you are going to have to wait for us to read it. So thanks very much, everybody, for being here. And are we done? Is there anything else we need to say? I was right. What else needs to be said? Ken was I right. I was also right. Woohoo! Ken was right. Megan was right. Todd was... Here. Todd will be right at some point. <laughs> Soon. Todd is Todd. Have a great day. <laughs>